Welcome to this episode of Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose with Ellen Barton, where you'll hear thought-provoking discussion, inspirational stories, and get action tips for creating the life of your dreams. Hello, and welcome to Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose, a weekly podcast where we explore the secrets behind living an inspired and extraordinary life. I'm Ellen Barton, and today my guest is Tracy Farquhar. Tracy is a professional psychic medium who lives in New Jersey, and she's just co-authored her second book, this time with the wonderful Mike Dooley. Tracy, thank you so much for being on the show today. I appreciate it, and I'm thrilled that you're here. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Well, wonderful, wonderful. And for those listeners who might not know, Mike Dooley is the author of Infinite Possibilities, and that's a book and a course about the law of attraction and helping people to learn how to leverage and trust the power of the universe. And Tracy, the first time I ever saw you was on a video and uh, you were helping train trainers who wanted to teach this material. So how did you hook up with Mike? How did you first get in contact with him and get interested in his work? Well, I have been following his work for a number of years since early on in, in the work that he was doing. And it resonated so much with me, the ideas about the law of attraction, uh, how we are uh, creating our lives through our beliefs and our thoughts. And so I was following him for a while. I was doing the psychic medium work. I was also working full time. Um, And I just kind of was feeling like there was something else I needed to be doing. Uh, I love teaching and just felt like there was something else coming. And so every day I get Mike Dooley's notes from the universe, which is a wonderful email that you can get in your inbox, which is an inspirational note from the universe written by Mike. And one day as I was reading that, I noticed that it was advertising a trained trainer program in Orlando. And it was just the second one that they had done. And I knew right away that I was gonna do it. So I went to the Train the Trainer conference. Uh, This was uh, June of 2012. I became a certified infinite possibilities trainer and from then on I attended almost every conference that they had uh, just because I love the energy of it I love being around like-minded people and I was really excited about teaching this program which had really changed a lot about how I lived my life so that's how I got to know Mike a little bit through those conferences I'm just about to attend my 10th train the trainer conference in Santa Fe in just a, a few weeks. Wow, so, 10 times, 10 years, that's amazing. <laughs> so I've also, I've also been a speaker in, in a lot of those conferences, uh, which was really helpful for me to learn how to be uh, a public speaker and get over some of the fears about that. And, uh, and I made some incredible connections not the least of which was Mike Dooley himself. Wow, that's that's awesome. And as you were, as you you know, you've been teaching people how to teach the program, but then you've also been leading workshops and classes for your own students. Um, what what types of changes do you see happening in people's lives as a result of this material? Well, it's such an empowering course. You know, it 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 teaches us our own power to create our lives and I think that that's something that a lot of people don't understand Uh, they feel that they're victims of circumstance or other people uh, or or the world in general and it it, it kind of disempowers us it it kind of makes us 
give up on our dreams and hopes. Um, this course helps us to understand that we have the power to create anything that we want uh, with our belief system, the way that we're thinking, where we choose to place our energy and attention. Uh, and so I've seen people have tremendous transformations in what they've created in their lives, how they feel about life in general, uh, how they view challenges as, you know, not just tragedy and, and uh, sadness, but as means to understand themselves better. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, in my own life, I, I had tremendous transformations in that I've I started my own business. Um, I now do my business full time and totally credit that to uh, understanding my own power to create that uh, and, and keeping my sights on that intention and, and believing in myself. Uh, if I hadn't been practicing those things through infinite possibilities, I'm, I'm really doubtful that I would have been able to do that. And now, of course, you know, uh, having this, this new book come out, um, you know, I've, I've seen similar things happen, happening for other people who have taken the course. So it's a really exciting and, and inspirational thing to be teaching. I'm just so grateful for it. Yeah, that's very cool. You know, and how you said that you went from a full-time job to to doing this full-time, running your own business, is very interesting because what I hear from many listeners of this podcast is they're in the the before part of that picture. You know, they're possibly in a job that they don't love or they're looking for something looking for that purpose and for the courage to make the leap where mm -hmm. I I think that everybody has the potential to kind of do and be what they what they can envision for themselves mm -hmm. and yeah thank you for the reminder that it, it, it really is taught very well in this material mm -hmm. so I will yeah, I, I'll put in my show notes page, I'll put links to the book and um, to the the where you can subscribe to the notes from the universe as well, because that's always fun to get in the inbox in the morning. So Tracy, before we get uh, deeper into your story, I would love to have you just explain what it means to be a psychic and or a psychic medium. I, I feel like many listeners may not 100% understand those terms. So... I think the place to start in understanding those terms is understanding that everything is energy. Uh, we are made of energy and our thoughts, our beliefs, and our life circumstances are all energy. And so the things that we're not able to perceive with our five senses are at a higher vibrational energy than those things that we can see or hear or touch. So the psychic is able to raise her vibration to the level that she can connect with another person's energy. So a psychic is someone who connects with another person's energy with the intention of giving them some guidance and wisdom in that connection. So that's a little bit different from the mainstream definition of psychic. A lot of people think of psychics as fortune tellers, somebody who tells people what's going to happen to them. And while there is an element of connecting with possible future events, I feel that the role of the psychic is more about helping to guide and support someone in making their own decisions about what their future is going to be. A medium is someone who's able to connect with spirit energy. So spirit energy is at an even higher vibrational frequency uh, than a person's energy. And so a medium is once again to raise her vibration to connect with that energy. 
to um, connect with the energy of those who have passed on. In those types of readings, uh, it's usually uh, some messages from spirit. Sometimes it's just saying, hello, I'm okay, everything's great. And sometimes they'll have some messages for the people involved. So I do uh, individual mediumship readings and group mediumship readings, which are called spirit galleries as well. Mm, interesting. So, you know, I know that in the world in general, there are a lot of, you know, skeptics or whatever, but I don't want to con convince anybody of what they should or shouldn't believe, but I just want to talk about your experience. So um, you kind of discovered that you had these abilities almost by accident. How, how did you, you know, you weren't one of these people that kind of was aware that you had psychic abilities when you were, say, five years old. How did you find out? I grew up in a family who was very open to metaphysical things, uh, uh, psychic and metaphysical uh, circumstances and phenomena. And so it was something I was always interested in and open to. And um, and I tended to, cre to create relationships with people who were also open to that stuff. So about 12 years ago, I decided to take a psychic development class at a local night school in a community college just for fun, just because, again, it was something I was really interested in. And in that class, we did a lot of practice readings on each other, and I found that I was pretty good at it. <laughs> so uh, I just really started to practice. I took that class several times. And at that time I worked in a, an art college. So I had a lot of art school students around me who loved to get free readings. So that's how I practiced um, and really just got better and better at it. And I also developed a real passion for the work. It became something that I really loved to do. Uh, so I just kept going with it, became professional, started charging, um, did individual readings for people, started doing group readings, uh, I would do psychic parties, uh, and then I also started to teach psychic development because of the way that I developed, uh, I, I felt like anyone could learn to develop their abilities. Uh, and again, once again, the infinite possibilities uh, philosophy comes through here because if you believe in it, if you believe that you can do this, then you can do it. But if you don't believe it, if then you, you block your abilities. And most of us in our day-to-day -day lives will tend to be skeptical about it. We're not taught to use these powers in our daily lives. We're taught to be intellectual and logical. And so, you know, any of us who have these experiences will tend to write them off as coincidence and not really pay attention to them. So I really believe that anybody can learn how to expand on their what I call vibrational awareness. Yeah, I think that's very true. My friend was just telling me she had been to a psychic fair and um, attended a workshop where everybody put a personal item into a basket or something. And then you had to pick out someone else's item and hold it and talk about that person. You had to ju just sort of like feel the vibration and talk about the person. And she said it was very interesting because everybody, everybody, 100% of the people in the audience were accurate with what they mm -hmm. said. Have you heard of that kind of thing before? Yeah, that's called psychometry. Okay. And that's, yeah, that's something that whenever I teach psychic development, I always start with that because I have the highest percentage uh, of success among people who are just discovering their abilities. 
and it is a really interesting phenomenon where you again are turning tuning into the energy uh, of that object in order to get information about the person who owns it so once again it comes down to us being energy and that an object that you have on your person a good deal of the time like a piece of jewelry or something is going to have some of your energy on it and the idea is that the the reader uh, sets the intention because intention is the driving force of all experience to read the energy of the person through the object and because there's no uh, way for any of your five senses to really get information you're not looking at the object you're holding it in your hand most of the time you have your eyes closed uh, I feel that it really kind of triggers that energetic connection among people who may not think that they can do it. And so I've had the same experience where a lot of people will be amazed at what they can pick up that way. And in fact, that's the way that I started to do readings when I first started. I used psychometry. Well, that's so interesting. I actually had never heard of it before my friend told me the story. And then, you know, we, we you and I talked before and I learned that, you know, you, you had... You, you were very familiar with this practice as well. But it's so interesting, too, that just how many people are out of touch with, with their natural abilities that, as you say, they, we all have, but we just forget. So, right. Such is the world today. But it's, it's interesting to, I guess, awareness is the first step in getting back in touch with that. So um, thank you again for being on this podcast. I, I appreciate it. And I want to talk about this book, this new book that's coming out. It's called From Deep Space with Love. And this is the one you co-authored with Mike. And in this book, you are asking questions to an entity um, called Frank. And mm -hmm. some of the answers are really amazing. So the first question I need to ask you is, is who or what is Frank? Well, Frank is a, a collective of eight beings uh, from another part of the universe. So um, I guess you could call them aliens. <laughs> oh. So um, uh, Frank first got in touch with me several years ago, uh, kind of by accident. Um, I wasn't really doing any kind of work in with channeling it wasn't something that I had really explored too much but there was a series of events which are described in the first book called Frank Talk uh, where my sister who was also psychic was visiting um, we had some strange events which made us feel like something was trying to get our attention and since we both kind of work in that realm we decided to explore it a little bit we actually made a little Ouija board, and this was one of the things that we used when I was a kid, uh, just to kind of contact the spirit realm. When we got on the Ouija board, it started to spell out F-R-A-N-K, and neither of us knew anyone by that name, so we didn't know what it was about. But um, we started to get some really encouraging and beautiful messages, uh, and then this Frank entity encouraged me to do some automatic writing, which once again wasn't something that I had been doing. But I tried it and I found it was really a fascinating way to connect with, with this collective. Uh, it was kind of like, the best way I can describe it is taking dictation. Mm -hmm. And uh, having been a secretary for many years in my life, <laughs> it was something I was pretty familiar with. But it was, I was getting words coming to me, and it was simply just transcribing the words and not really getting a sense of the meaning until I would read it back later. And again, the messages were really beautiful and encouraging. Uh, they felt universal. 
Um, so I did that, that kind of automatic writing uh, channeling work for a short time, but then I put it aside for a couple of years. Um, kind of felt once again that, that I wanted to pick it up again, so I started doing it again. And uh, then they started to kind of dictate this first book, which again was called Frank Talk. And that was my self-published book. Um, and again, it's just wisdom and, and guidance for us as a civilization on Earth uh, based on the experience that th their uh, civilization had on their own planet. So um, we're, we're kind of uh, getting some wisdom from beings who have already experienced a lot of the things that we're going through now. How, how did you get the message that um, that these were beings from another planet and not just people who have passed over to the other side who you're you know communicating with people from this planet like where how did you make that distinction well they told me <laughs> you know ah, okay. they you know I, I asked who it was um, I asked the questions in the beginning and and that's what they told me and um, you know they told me they were a collective of eight beings they told me where they were from in in the galaxy um, they told me the name of the galaxy which it doesn't corroborate with anything that we have or that I've been able to find uh, that we've identified. Uh, they call it the Massalonix galaxy, which isn't anything that, you know, we humans have have identified with that name, but that seems to be what they call it. Um, they say that they're 3.6 billion light years away, which I didn't even know was possible. I don't, you know, I had no idea uh, about the dimensions mm. of the universe or anything, but when I look that up, it's, it, it is considered deep space. And um, they even identified uh, a Hubble Space Telescope photograph as containing uh, the area of the universe where they're located. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it, it's, it is kind of a stretch. Uh, in, in, and I understand that <laughs> some people can be very skeptical about that because I, I was as well. Um, but, you know, I, I've done enough of this work to know what feels right and what feels like truth. And um, even though my logical brain will be very skeptical about this, it feels right to me. And um, it always has felt good. So I go with that. <laughs> mm -hmm. How do you get, so could you just be in the middle of the supermarket and and feel like they're trying to get in touch with you? Or how do you sense that they want to tell you something or, or it's time to channel something. I, I set aside time to actually do the channeling. And so uh, most of the time uh, I would do the, the written channeling at night right before I was going to go to sleep. I felt like it worked well because my conscious mind was kind of out of the way. Mm -hmm. It was uh, a little bit too sleepy <laughs> question mm -hmm. and get in the way. So I would sit with the laptop and... Um, just you know just type whatever came so in the beginning that was that was how I did most of the channeling and and as I continued to do the work I found that uh, I was able to do it at other times of the day but it was my choice you know it was mm -hmm. when I had uh, some quiet time where I wasn't going to be disturbed uh, when I didn't have other things on my mind when I was relaxed uh, so sometimes in the morning work as well but mostly it was at night um, when I was relaxed and sleepy and not really thinking about much else. <laughs> right. 
And you said, you know, there's a, there's a lot of turmoil in the world today, and I know a lot of people are feeling on edge and nervous, but you said that the messages are optimistic. Is that, um, like, do you think that they have chosen this time to come and communicate because the world is so crazy, or, or what's your take on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, they've said that they... Uh, they have great admiration and respect for us, and uh, and that's why they've wanted to come forward and help. Um, they also see a lot of similarities in what we're going through with what they have already been through and how they've been able to get themselves to a better place is really what they're sharing with us, that we have the, the ability, the capability, um, the, you know, the the scientific uh, tools, the intellectual tools uh, to get through some of these challenges that we're in right now. Um, but if we're only focused on the doom and the gloom aspects of the world, it's it's going to be more difficult for us to find the solutions. So, you know, I think one of the reasons all of this resonated so much with Mike Dooley is that it is a lot about uh, how powerful our thoughts and beliefs and intentions are. Uh, not just in our own lives, but in creating the future of our, our planet, our world. And so in that way, it is very empowering. Um, it shows us the possibilities of what we can create uh, and and asks us to focus on that more than focusing on all the things that we feel are wrong with the world. That's a That's a deep piece of wisdom right there. Thank you for that. So Tracy, thank you so much for sharing all this wisdom. And I'm just wondering if you could maybe read a um, passage from your book for us. Sure. So this is um, just from the introduction uh, where they're talking about why they're here, why they're connecting to us, uh, and what it is that they want to share with us. So they say, we are here as ambassadors of light and we have come for your benefit, but also to fulfill our own destiny, which is to spread the wisdom of the soul that we have discovered through many trials and challenges. We come as humble servants, and we come with great love and compassion for all of you, your planet, and all the vast array of living creatures inhabiting it. It is quite a remarkable place, and we hope to inspire you to preserve, enhance, and improve it. Great change is not only possible, it is highly probable, and we wish you to understand your great power to direct that change. Mm. So that that's pretty much, you know, what the book is all about, really. Why they're here, what they want to inspire in us, what they see as the potential for us as, as a civilization. Mm, no, that's, that's wonderful. Do you ever find as you're writing, as you're channeling these beings that you're using language that, you know, things you just, you would never say or language you would never use? I mean, it is being translated through my human brain, you know. So um, uh, I also do verbal channeling sessions with Frank. And so I'll sometimes do sessions with groups where people can ask questions. And in one of these sessions, someone asked, uh, would you be able to channel in another language? And Frank responded, we're not channeling in English. We're channeling in frequency. So the idea is that the communication is being transferred to me through a vibrational frequency, which then is being interpreted through my brain. And since my brain is programmed to English, it's coming out as English. So I don't think that I could um, 
you know, use words that I don't already know, that aren't already stored in my brain. But it's very clear that the way this language is used in in the writing of the book uh, is not at all like my usual writing. And when I speak, when I do the verbal channeling, it is like a totally different personality. Uh, and all, many people have, have pointed that out, that, you know, my body language, my voice, everything changes. And it's clearly not, uh, not me in the way that they know me. Mm, so interesting. It's, it's mm. really fascinating. Um, is there any other passage you wanted to share? So the book is, is uh, a question and answer format where Mike Dooley would pose these incredibly thought-provoking questions. And uh, what he would do is he would send me, email me these questions, and then I would channel the answers back. Um, and so there's some really, really incredibly thought-provoking, deep questions here. So I'm just looking for one here that might uh, uh, right now I'm asking Frank what page I should go to I do this when I sometimes post passages from the book on Facebook and other places mm. I'll say Frank what page has something on it that's, that someone needs to hear today and I usually have a number come to my head so right now I'm getting the number 82 so let me see what's on page 82 okay Okay, so this is an interesting question about communicating with other ascended masters such as Buddha and Jesus. In fact, within this question and within the answer to that question is actually a small channeled paragraph from the energy of Jesus, which was really pretty remarkable because I've never had anything like that happen with my channeling before. So the question was... Uh, has Frank ever communicated with some of those spiritual masters? And they say that they have. So again, we're talking about the uh, the big names in spirituality, you know, uh, Buddha, Krishna, Jesus. And so Frank says, the teachings of these spiritual leaders come from the aspect of source that provides the opportunity to connect with the highest level of one's being and to focus on love, connection, compassion, truthfulness and accountability of one's actions as a mean to, means to form a stronger connection with the energy of source, which is present within all. The appearance of these teachers at various times in history coincides with a wave of intention to find that higher connection in order to cope with and re to respond to severe challenges in one's social environment. At the time of Jesus's appearance on earth, there were many challenges in corrupt leadership, which was causing great suffering among the masses. And so the global cry for help was met with the physical incarnation of a high vibrational spiritual master. It is important to point out, however, that the physical incarnation of these masters was not meant to create objects of worship, fear, or a sort of spiritual hierarchy that places the human or any other physical being at the bottom of the list. These spiritual masters incarnated into your world in such a way that they would be seen as regular humans, no different from any laborer or peasant so that those around them could understand the divinity that lives in their own souls. The teaching of all these masters centered upon helping others to recognize the power, wisdom, and love that lies at the heart of each and every conscious being. And the intention was that in understanding and honoring one's own divinity, 
a greater balance could be achieved in the treatment and support of the masses. Mm. Tracy, that's beautiful. Thank you. Yes, yes. Well, thank you for writing the book, co-authoring the book, and for channeling Frank. I, I can't wait to read the book. I know it isn't released just yet, um, but definitely mm. we'll look for that, and I'll put links to it on the show notes page as well. I, I have another question for you. I see that um, you're very connected to owls, mm-hmm. and <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm just curious about this. How did you, um, you know, know you had this connection, or what does this animal mean to you? Well, I... I've always kind of had an affinity for them, and um, but there's actually a little story in that the first time Frank came through, um, I had been uh, experiencing hearing an owl outside of my house, and I had never heard that before, and on the, the night before, we kind of felt this uh, need to contact or this, this sense of something wanting to contact us, I heard an owl. I had woke up in the middle of the night and heard it hooting in the distance and it seemed to be coming closer and closer until it was right outside the house and then it kind of faded away as though it were flying away. And so I always kind of associated that owl presence with the energy of Frank, uh, which makes a lot of sense because uh, as a spirit animal, an owl represents wisdom and it also represents our intuitive abilities our ability to connect with higher wisdom and uh, higher energy. And so it's always really kind of uh, felt good to connect with that energy and it seems to represent what I do. So my business logo is an owl and um, and it just kind of reminds me of uh, the wisdom that can be gained through higher connection. Mm, that's a great story. Thanks for sharing that. And, you know, it's interesting when you talk about Frank, you do it with affection and you do it with, you know, almost like it's a friend. Did you ever feel frightened by this whole experience? No, not even a little bit, which is how I knew that it was that it was right and that it was good and it was something that I could pursue. Uh, It always feels natural. It always feels very supportive and loving, comforting. Uh, And people, in fact, who have been around me when I do verbal channeling will report the same kind of energy. Uh, people who are sensitive to energy can often feel the frank energy, um, sometimes very powerfully, um, but always with a sense of love and, and support. So if, if there had ever been a sense of fear around it, I don't think I could have done it because uh, I have a very strong intention in all the work that I do to only connect with the highest energy, which is in in uh, in alignment with the greater good. Yeah, that makes sense that um, there would be those other kinds as well that you'd probably want to avoid. Yeah, well, I don't focus on that too much. I don't go there. And um, and so, I, um, you know, I don't tend to believe that there is as much of that as um, mainstream media wants us to believe. <laughs> sure, but you don't go seeking it out. Not at all, no. So my, my last question for you um, before we wrap up is when we spoke before this recording, before this podcast, I asked you what your kids thought of all the work that you do. And you said something, I mean, your kids are teenagers, correct? Yeah, uh, 16 and 19. Mm -hmm. 16 and 19. And you said that, um, I forgot their exact words, but they they voiced, you know, why would you not believe in this stuff kind of thing? (laughs) Um, Could you just share that? Because I think that's so 
interesting. You know, so many kids at that age don't want to know what their parents are into and they, they think their parents are, you know, a little crazy, but, but yours don't. And yeah, you know, cause they've, they've obviously, you know, seen and experienced and heard all your stories. So mm-hmm. um, what, what is their take on all of this? Well, they're pretty tuned in themselves. Um, and so, you know, they've grown up with uh, me doing this work. Uh, so it's, it's not even, something that feels unusual or strange to them. It just feels like a normal part of life. I'm very open talking about what I do. Uh, I, I, I use a lot of the philosophy that I follow as far as law of attraction, infinite possibilities, and also the spiritual nature of being in, in the way that I've raised them. So to them, it's just a natural part of life to believe uh, and not even just believe, but know that there is spirit energy around, that we survive the death of the body, that we create our own reality. It's just part of what they, uh, the way that they live their lives, because it's the way that we, we go about um, our daily lives. So, so yeah, um, my my younger child would mention sometimes about somebody who says they don't believe in spirits or ghosts or afterlife or aliens, you know, and. And he will say, I, I just don't understand why they wouldn't believe that, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. So, you know, to them, it's it's just a natural part of life. Um, my older child, who's 19, she has a lot of uh, psychic experiences. She feels spirit energy. Um, you know, they're just, they're just highly tuned in because they believe they can be. So um, I think it's really, really beneficial uh, to the way that they've been raised. They are very independent thinkers. Uh, they believe in themselves a lot. Uh, and and they're very compassionate and loving people because they can sense what other people are feeling. So um, it's been an important part of our lives all around. Mm, beautiful. Well, thank you for sharing that, Tracy. And thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And as I said, I do look forward to reading the book. And the book is available for pre-order now, even though it's it's not re-released re- until May 9th. Uh, it's available for pre-order on Amazon. And there are free gifts that you can get if you pre-order it. So, um, Yay for gifts. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Okay, I w- I'll post that link on the show notes page too, so that it's easy to find mm-hmm. and, and connect to. And uh, once again, my guest today was Tracy Farquhar. She, along with Mike Dooley, is the co-author of the new book, From Deep Space with Love. That book is published by Hay House. And there's links on our website, as well as links to Tracy's Facebook page and Mike Dooley's website, where you can get hooked up with the notes from the universe and can uh, make sure you're getting those those bonus gifts uh, when you pre-order the book. So thanks again for joining us today and please tune in again next week for more inspirational stories and tips for creating the life of your dreams. Thanks for tuning in to Ready, Set, Grit, your life on purpose with Ellen Barton. Look us up online at readysetgrit.com where you'll find daily inspiration, links to our social media, and where you can access our eBooks and online classes. Ready, Set, Grit, inspired actions, real results.